that is about to happen. The title of the message is The Saddest Words. I want to read today out of John chapter 8. I wish I'd have had the title. I feel like something good is about to happen. Lord God, that would have been a great title. Amen. The Saddest Words. John chapter 8. Find that. Verse 21 is where I want to start. I just want to look at just a couple of these verses. I could pre- There's so much of this message today, and I'm just trying to keep it in about 30 to 40 minutes. You'll say amen right there. Help him Jesus, you'll say right there. John chapter 8. Have you found John 8 verse 21? Would you stand this morning? The saddest words. Then said Jesus again unto them, I go my way, and you shall seek me, and shall die in your sins Whither I go, you cannot come. Then said the Jews, will he kill himself? Because he saith, whither I go, you cannot come. And he saith to them, you are from beneath. I am from above. Ye are of this world. I am not of this world. I said therefore unto you that ye shall die in your sins. For if you believe not that I am he, ye shall die in your sins. The saddest words. Father, would you help us today to look into this portion of thy word, rightly divide it, preach it in the power of the Holy Spirit. Lord, we've sought your face about this. And God, you've led us to this moment. And Father, if this service shall go any further, it'll be you. Lord, I pray you'd help us that we would preach the gospel in Jesus' name, presenting you as the great I am. For it's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen and amen. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. In this text... Jesus is teaching and preaching to a group of people that are filled with religion. Many of them are Pharisees. Some are scribes. Others are lawyers and elders that are there. They have religion and they have a lot of religion. And much like today's world, there's a lot of religion. But you see, Christianity is not a religion. It's a relationship. With Jesus Christ. Hinduism is a religion. Buddhism is a religion. Islam is a religion. But Christianity is about a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus, as he's speaking to this religious crowd, he's also speaking to a group of men who are unsaved. These Pharisees, they've separated themselves. That's what the word means, separated. They've separated from uh, uh, people they didn't want to associate with. They, they won't eat certain foods. They won't go certain places. They won't do certain things. And because they've separated from them, themselves from the world, in a lot of ways, they believe that that's pleasing to God. But it's not about that. It's about having a relationship with Jesus Christ. Jesus is speaking. Oftentimes when Jesus spoke, he spoke heartwarming words. I think about how after he was crucified and resurrected, 
that there were two on the Emmaus Road in Luke 24, and Jesus walked up to them and said, why are you so sad? They said, did you just get off the bus? Haven't you heard? The man Jesus died on the cross. He was buried. And, and this is the third day since those things happened. And they say he's alive, but we don't much believe it. And Jesus began, listen, they were walking seven miles. Jesus began at that point and began to explain to them the scriptures, the prophets speaking about my Messiah giving his life and Christ raising back up again. And after they got to the house, they said, will you come on in with us and eat with us? And he went in to eat with them. And as he broke the bread and he blessed it and he gave it to them, the Bible says, then the Lord God opened their eyes and they knew that it was Jesus. I don't know if they saw the nail scars, but they knew that it was Jesus. And suddenly Jesus vanished and they said, did not our heart burn within us while he spoke to us, by the way, isn't it wonderful to have the heart-warming words of Jesus? Thank God for it. I'm thinking in John chapter 6 how that one time Jesus said, he's preaching to his, his followers and many people heard those difficult words and they left and Jesus said to his disciples, will you go also away? And Simon Peter said, Lord, whither shall we go? Thou hast the words of life, eternal life. Jesus spoke life-giving, life-saving words. Not only did he speak heart-warming words, he spoke life-giving and life-saving words. Oftentimes, Jesus spoke encouraging words. He says, you believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, right? He said, I go to prepare a place for you that whether I am, there ye may be also, amen. He said, let not your hearts be troubled. In the world you'll have tribulation. But hey, he said, I've overcome the world and in me you'll have peace, not as the world giveth, give I unto thee. Listen, the Lord spoke encouraging words. But these are not heartwarming words. These are not uh, life-giving words. These are not encouraging words. These are very sad words that Jesus just spoke that I read to you. Preacher dear, why are they sad? Because of three conditions. Number one, it's a sad way to live. The Bible says in verse 24, look at it, put your finger on it. For if you believe not that I am he, you shall die in your sins. If you believe not, that means that they are living without faith. You can choose to live out without faith. That's your business. Nobody's going to force you. Nobody's going to make you place faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Nobody is going to make you believe in Jesus Christ. But if that's your choice, May I just take time out for a, few minute, for a few minutes and speak to you and say that if you don't place faith in Jesus, you cannot be saved without faith. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2 verse 4, for by grace are you saved through faith. It is faith in the Lord that is the vehicle through which God's grace comes to save you. And without faith, you cannot be saved. May I say that without faith, 
you cannot please God. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 11, without faith, it is impossible to please God. Now, I don't care today who you are. I don't care how kind you are. I don't care how, money, how much money you give. I don't care how generous you are to worthy causes. It doesn't matter how beautiful uh, that you sing, how eloquently that you speak and teach. It doesn't matter because if you live without faith, there's nothing else you could ever do that would be pleasing to God than to come, by, to, come to the Lord by faith. You have to have faith. A third thing. You cannot pray without faith. I want y'all to put this on the board today. Matthew 21, turn to it, verse 22. Matthew 21, verse 22. If you do not have faith, you can't be saved, you can't please God, and you can't even pray. Matthew 21, verse 22. And all things, look at it, whatsoever you shall ask in prayer, Believing, that's by faith, you shall receive. All things, whatsoever you shall ask in prayer, believing, you shall receive. If you don't have faith, you can't be saved. If you don't have faith, you can't please God. And if you don't have faith, you can't pray. Your youngins are going to need prayer. Your grand youngins are going to need prayer. Your wife. Your husband going to need prayer. And it's going to take faith. You've got to believe in Jesus' name before you can even pray. Jesus said, whatever you ask in my name by faith, that's what I'm going to answer. Again, without faith, your so-called prayer is just meaningless words. And may I say to live without faith that you can't be saved and you can't please God, and you can't even pray, that's a sad way to live. And I lived that way for a while in my life, and it was the saddest thing I've ever done. Number two, Jesus' words here in John chapter 8 also remind us that it's a sad way to leave. Look what he says in John chapter 8. Three times he says to this religious crowd, you shall die in your sins in verse 21. He says it again in verse 24. You shall die in your sins. He says it twice there. Three times Jesus says you shall die in your sins. That's a sad way to leave, dying in your sins. I think one of the greatest things in my life, now I've married a, precious young lady. We've been married 30 some years and it's been great. And I've got two precious children and it's been great. I have a grandchild now and it's been great. But the greatest thing that I've ever experienced in my life is the forgiveness of Jesus Christ. And as I get older, the doctrine of forgiveness means more to me today than it ever has. Can I get an amen? amen? It is wonderful to know that my sins are forgiven. The word forgiven literally means to take something and send it away. When I read out of Isaiah chapter 38 and verse number 17, the Bible says, For he hath cast all my sins behind his back. 
He took everything, every word, every action. He took all my sins and put them behind his back. I think about how he is the good shepherd. Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. And the good shepherd giveth his life for his sheep. The Bible says that he'll leave the 99 in the fold and go after that one which is astray, that one which has gone off on its own. And can you see that one that's maybe he's fallen in a pit and the, the wolves have snapped at him and, and caught him by his hindquarters and he, he's bloodied now and he fell off in the pit and if he comes out and he, and he can't even get out but the wolves are there to grab him and the wolves are thinking about jumping in to get him and, and the shepherd can hear the bleeding of his sheep. And he hears his cry for help and the good shepherd drives the wolves away and defeats the wolves and goes into the pit and lifts the sheep out of that mire and that muck where he is and puts him up on his back because the sheep cannot walk and he brings that sheep back to the other 99 the other 99 and say ooh, what'd he do? Where, where, where's he been? What must have he gotten into? Look, his, his wool is all muddy and his wool is nasty and, and he's bloodied and he's been bitten and he's good for nothing but to be thrown away. He's made a lot of mistakes. He's made some bad decisions. He said some wordy dirds, amen, some dirty words. He, he, he has done some terrible things and the good shepherd hearing everybody's fault finding and their accusings holds the sheep and turns around to look. But when he turns around, he don't see a thing. Because all our sins are behind his back. Thank God this morning that my sins, though they were many, they're gone, amen. They've been removed away. Thank God for that this morning. The Bible says in the book of Micah, Chapter 7 and verse number 19. He says, Thou wilt cast all their sins into the depths of the sea. All my sins, all my actions, all my words. He took them and bloop, threw them into the depths of the sea. I started studying how deep is the deepest sea. They said it was 36,000 feet. It was over seven miles deep, Marianas Trench is the deepest known realms of the ocean. Seven is an interesting number. And yet they said that even then, that there are caverns and holes down inside that trench that they cannot fathom to measure. And down in that place that you cannot find and that you cannot measure, God has taken my sins and thrown them in the depths of the sea and I'm not going fishing there anymore. My sins are gone, gone, gone. Thank God for it. The Bible says, would y'all pull up Psalm 103 and verse number 12? Would y'all put that on the screen for me this morning? Psalm 103 and verse 12. I love what the Bible says about the forgiveness of our sins. And in Psalms 103 and in verse number 12, the Bible says, As far as the east is from the west, so far hath he removed 
our transgressions from us. Now this morning, if you were to get a compass and you were to head out for the north and say you were flying or you were driving, you could go north, north, north until you reached the North Pole. And then when I could measure that, and then when you do, you'd be going south, south, south until you reach the South Pole, and I could measure that, and you could start back north again. So I could measure north to south. But get on an airplane and start heading east. And you can go east 25 times around the globe, and you'll still never reach the west. Hey, the east is an immeasurable distance from the west, and God has taken our sins and thrown them taken them, cast them as far as the east is from the west, never to be brought up against us anymore. They're gone, gone, gone. Oh, preacher Darren, which is it? His, my sins are behind his back? Or my sins are in the depths of the sea? Or my sins are as far as the east is from the west? Which is it? It's all three. And then some. Jesus, by his blood, has removed the guilt of our sins and it's gone this morning. And I praise him. So I'm thankful for the forgiveness. And if you die in your sins, you will never experience the forgiveness of God. If you die in your sins, there'll never be a future opportunity to be saved. Oh yes, I get around these people that say, oh, well, I just believe that God is so merciful and so kind that if you don't get saved in this life, that somewhere out there in the darkness of eternity that you entered into being lost, that he'll come back to where you are and he'll speak to you again and then you'll get saved. Honey, if you won't get saved now, you won't get saved then. He knows that. And there's not one place in the Bible that ever says you will have another opportunity after you die. Well, preacher Darren, I believe in purgatory. That's because you believe in religion. But Christianity is not about religion. It's about a relationship. There is no such doctrine, no such place as purgatory where you pay some preacher or some pope to pray for you to get you out. Honey, if Jesus doesn't wash you in the blood, you're not going to go to heaven. And you'll die in your sins. And what a sad way to leave dying in your sins. There'll be no hope of you ever going to heaven. Heaven is just as real as you sit here today in this church building in Spruce Pine, North Carolina. Heaven is just as real and even more so than Charlotte. Heaven is a real place. I like to think about heaven. Jesus is there. The streets are paved with gold. The walls are made out of jasper. The gates are made out of pearl. Our loved ones that place their faith in Jesus are, that passed on are there waiting for us now with a brand new body. I've got a brother that I can't wait to see again in the splendors of glory. And that will happen one day because of Jesus Christ. And as much as is there, there are things that are not there. There's no sickness there. 
there's no sorrow there. There's no crying. There's no tears. There's no pain. Woo, there's no more suffering. There's no more separation. Thank God there's no more Satan that's going to get into that place and ever bother the children of God ever again. Thank God for it this morning. But if you die in your sins, you'll have no hope of heaven. If you die in your sins, you'll have no future opportunity. If you die in your sins, you've never experienced the forgiveness of Almighty God. That means that you have died lost. That's one of the saddest words is lost. All week long I've encountered the word lost, lost. I've seen people that's lost children and I've, I've seen people that's lost parents. I've seen people that's lost their wallets. I've seen people that lost their keys. I've seen people that lost their hard-earned money. Lost, lost, lost. And the pain that it caused those people to go through that lost thing. You may say, Preacher Darren, I'm not lost. I don't feel lost. Preacher Darren, I know exactly where I'm in. I'm hearing you preach this morning. I'm sitting in my home watching you on the, on the phone or, or on the, the television monitor. Preacher Dan, I'm sitting on the pew. I know exactly where I am. But if you don't know Christ as your personal Savior and Lord, though you think you know where you are, you are lost. Thirdly, these are Words that's a sad way to live. And these are words that are a sad way to leave. And I believe it's a sad way, thirdly, to launch out into eternity. Look in verse 21. Here we go. Jesus said to him, he said, I go my way. You shall seek me. You're going to wonder where I went, what happened to him. And you're going to die in your sins. And he says, whether I go, you cannot come. Now, the Jews believed that if you're a Jew, you're going to heaven because of your religion, because of who you are. I, I know people that I've talked to, and I said, are you a Christian? Oh, yes, I'm a Christian. Why are you a Christian? Because I was born in America. It's a Christian nation. Being born in America makes you an American, but it doesn't make you a Christian. Amen? Well, preacher Darren, I am a Christian because I was baptized. Honey, because you was baptized doesn't mean you are born again. It means you got, you took a bath with your clothes on. And I hope that your clothes was on in front of everybody. And I don't care if you've been baptized so many times, the tadpoles know your first name. It doesn't make you saved. It doesn't make you born again. Amen? Now, the Jews believe that all Jews are going to heaven because of their religion. Look at verse 22. He said, now, verse 21 says, whether I go, you can't come. And because he said that, they, they're thinking, we're going to heaven. And he ain't going there. He must be going to hell. Verse 22. Will he kill himself? Because he saith, whether I go, you cannot come. The Jews believed if you took your own life that you died and were sent to the lowest depths of eternal hell. Now, there's nothing in the Bible that would ever teach her to prove that, but that's what they believed. And they thought Jesus is going to kill himself, therefore he's going to die and go to hell, but we're all going to fly off the glory and go to heaven. Oh, my. 
Jesus has been telling them, I'm going to go to heaven and you are going to spend eternity in hell because you are living without faith and because you're going to die in your sins, you're going to launch out and split hell wide open. May I say this morning that in the day and age in which we live of discouragement and evil and, and COVID, that preachers all of a sudden try to preach positivity, 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 and encouragement, 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 and, and um, heartwarming words and life-saving and life-speaking words is all we want to preach. And preachers have dropped the doctrine of hell. Nobody wants to preach hell anymore, anymore because it's so discouraging. And I'm telling you, God has not changed his mind. God created a place called hell and it's a place of torment. It's a place of pain. It's a place of eternal suffering. It's a place of fire. Have y'all ever seen a fire? May I go on record? Have, how many of y'all saw a campfire? How many of y'all saw a brush fire? How many of y'all saw a house fire? How many of y'all saw the, the forest fire? Hands all over, we've seen fire. But everyone you know went out. Some fireman, some rainstorm, something, some helicopter dropped water and put that fire out. Every fire I've ever known has been extinguished. But the fire that is in hell that you're going to live in has never, ever been quenched. And it will never be quenched. It's unquenchable. It's unstoppable. It will burn. You will be tormented day and night forever and ever and ever. There will be weeping. There will be wailing. There will be sobbing. The Bible says there will be gnashing of teeth. There will be screams of despair. And everybody there hates everybody else. There's a man said one time, he was at church, and the preacher said, uh, it's good to have you today. And he said, my friends invited me. He said, great, are you a Christian? No, I'm not a Christian. I don't want to be a Christian. I'm going to hell. I'm reserved for that. But I just wanted to be nice to my friends and accept their invitation. He said, what do you mean you want to go to hell? Oh, I want to go, he said. My daddy's there. He said, my daddy cussed God his whole life. He beat my mother. He was a drunkard. My daddy would scream and yell at Christians. My daddy hated people, especially preachers. My daddy, my daddy would tear out pages of the Bible and blow his nose and throw it away. And he's in hell right now. But you see, preacher, my daddy taught me how to hunt. And my daddy taught me how to fish. And my daddy taught me how to play golf. And my daddy was my best buddy. We watched ball games together. We had a good time and my daddy's in hell and I miss him so bad and I want to go to hell and see my daddy again. How sad. That's got to be the saddest words. If you really want to do your daddy a favor, you need to get saved. Your daddy would not want his son to come to where he is. Your daddy, if he was mad before, he's angrier now than he's ever been. And if you go to hell with him, he'll be angry that you came there. 
And then you will spend the rest of eternity angry at your daddy that you were foolish enough to follow him and split hell wide open. The saddest words, I believe in all the word of God, Jesus is teaching and proclaiming in this text. But today, if you live without faith, hear me, if you live without faith, these are the things that are going to happen to you. And may I conclude by saying, you don't have to live without faith. How many of you have said, there came a day in my life that I said yes to Jesus. There came a day in my life that I said, Lord, I believe you now. And, and I was unworthy and I was undeserving and I didn't have to start doing all these new things and I didn't have to give my... All I had to do was say, Lord, I'm sorry. I'm a sinner, Lord. I've said and done evil things, but I believe you sent your son to die on that cross for me. I believe they buried him and helped me preach. I believe he rose again on the first day of the week. He, your son, Jesus Christ, changed my life. Woo! I've experienced the forgiveness of Almighty God. I want to ask you today, you got your Bible still open? John chapter 8. Turn your Bible. John chapter 8. I want to skip ahead. He went through this whole dialect with these people who are rejecting him. These were sad words. He's trying to get them to open their hearts and invite Jesus to be their Savior and invite Jesus to be their Lord. And in verse 30, John 8 verse 30, a very overlooked verse. As he spake these words, these sad words, many believed on him. You see, if you'll believe on him, you'll not die in your sins, but you'll spend eternity in the sweet embrace of Almighty God. You won't have to spend eternity in hell. You can spend eternity in heaven. The saddest words that he ever spoke are also the sweetest words that I ever heard. That if I stayed like I was, I would die in my sins. But if I would call upon him, he would be my sweet Savior. And he forgave it all. Behind his back, the depths of the sea, as far as the east is from the west, what a great Savior this week. Four precious people have called upon the name of the Lord. The other day, we were loading up children at school. They were lined up from the, from the Family Life Center in the school to the fellowship hall down below the back of the church building all the way out to the highway waiting in line to get their children. And you know how impatient you are. You're hurry, hurry, hurry. And we bring the children out. And I loaded one in the car and said to its mother, said, can I talk to the preacher? And the mother said, you could talk to him now. And I said, what is it? What? I thought something was wrong. Well, it was wrong. She said, preacher, I've been worried. I need to be saved. Preacher, can I be saved? I thought, I can't get her over to the altar. We're in the car line. Bless God, we stopped. We stopped the car line. And she called on Jesus in the back seat of her car, amen. And the next people, after she got saved, I was rejoicing, wiping tears out of my face. And they drove off shouting and praising God. And the next people pulled up and said, do you have time to talk to everybody like that? And they said, well, what's wrong with you, preacher? I said, 
Well, she just got saved. Woo! And they said, Lord, I got all the posts on Facebook. The, long, the line at school was long today because one of the children in line got saved. Amen. Hey, hallelujah. Praise be to the Lamb of God. Those are sad words. But the saddest words would be to hear, depart from me. I never knew you. But didn't we call upon you saying, Lord, Lord, we prophesy in your name. Lord, we've done many wonderful works. I can't quit. My grandma was a Sunday school teacher, faithful to the house of God. The preacher came to her house for Sunday dinner. She was baking a chicken. She had her very own raised up chicken. Back in the old days, she had to go chase it all over the barnyard. Then she had to take it and cut its head off and she wept and cried. She had to pluck it and defeather it. She had to go through and get it ready, washing it, getting it ready to cook it. She cooked and baked a chicken and while they were sitting there, the preacher at her table called her name and said, Rhea, when are you ever going to get saved? She said, I turned at that man to say, I've just killed my chicken. I've just worked all day, sweat off my brow to give, me, give you something to eat. And you're going to sit at my table and say that I'm not saved. I'm a Sunday school teacher. But she said, when I looked at him, my little old preacher had tears in his eyes. He was burdened about my soul. The Lord had told him what to say. And I looked at him and said, Preacher, I need to get saved. Amen. She said, I'm tired of religion. I'm going to get a relationship with Jesus Christ. I'm telling you, there are people all over churches in America that have religion but they don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ. I'm telling you today, you didn't come in here for this. You come in to hear the choir sing. You heard, you want to hear the preacher preach. Bless me if you can. Three points and a poem and send me home and pat me on the back and burp me and make me feel better about the wicked life I'm living. But today, honey, the preacher told me to tell you he is the great I am and the saddest words you'll ever hear is depart from me. If you don't get saved today, you're gonna die in your sins. And it's time, honey, it is time. Can you not look around and tell? Jesus is coming. He may be here today. Preacher, I refuse to believe that. Then you're going to die in your sins. You stand to your feet. It might be somebody here today. You got somebody on your heart and you're so burdened about them. Won't you come to all right now? Oh God, would you save? God, would you work? God, would you draw? Maybe if there's somebody here today say, Preacher Darren, am I not saved? Honey, the best thing you'll ever do is get lost. Best thing you'll ever do is say, Lord, I'm not saved. Best thing you'll ever do, you'll know you're going to heaven. You'll know you're going to heaven when you call on his name. Folks are moving all around. I wonder, is there anybody here today say, Preacher Darren, I'll not embarrass you. I'll not, but I want to pray for you. Preacher Darren, I really want to go to heaven one day. Preacher, I know that I need to be saved. Is there anybody, you'd raise your hand. Maybe you're an altar now, still in the congregation. You'd raise your hand. Is there anybody say, Preacher, I want to be saved.
I want my sins behind his back, the depths of the sea. I want them under the blood of Jesus Christ. I'm looking over this congregation. Maybe you're at home today. I can't see your hand, but if you'll just take time to raise it and say, Jesus, today I'm lost. Would you do that? Would you do that? I'm going to ask you to bow your head at home, you here in the church. People are praying around about. Some are still standing. Would you be reverent enough to bow your head? Maybe you're at home and you're thinking, how can I be saved after what I said and what I've done? How can I be saved? It's just like this. If you're lost, do you believe he died on a cross? Do you believe they buried him and he rose again? Right now you can call on him. Would you bow your head with me and say, what you say? Jesus, please forgive me of all my sins. Tell him right now. I believe I'm a sinner. Would you wash me all my sins in your blood? Would you forgive me? Would you save me? In Jesus' name, let me go to heaven. Live in my heart. Write my name in the Lamb's book of life. In Jesus' blood. In Jesus' name, amen. And friend, just like that, you can be saved. Maybe there's somebody here today, sometimes I've prayed like that. And I got to the back and somebody came and said, Preacher Darren, I didn't get in the altar today, but when you prayed that prayer, I prayed it too. <laughs> and I just want you to know I got saved today. You see, the Bible says with the heart you believe and with the lips you confess. If you got saved, you ought to tell somebody. Tell your neighbor. Tell your mama. Tell your daddy. Tell your friend. Tell a preacher. Tell somebody, I got saved today and I'm not ashamed of Jesus. Father, I pray. Lord, there are many that need to be saved. God, would you work in our families? Thank you, God, for saving us. And the very fact that you could save us, I know you can save them. Draw them. Lord, I pray you convict them and save them before it's too late. For this I pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Woo! Lord, a